I had seen, I feel like, a lot of movies that it seems to be pulling inspiration and or cast members from, but I'd never actually um, actually seen the movie before. And it's such a, it is not at all what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be about not telling mom the babysitter was dead, <laughs> but it's kind of like about a whole lot of different things. And that goes away really early. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that the babysitter is dead, I mean, despite being in the title, it is gone like 15 minutes maybe into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just was not, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that this was going to be like a goofy, like kid thriller kind of thing. But then it kind of turned into a working girl kind of thing instead. Yeah, you kind of want it. You kind of want it right off the bat to be like Heather's or something like that kind of dark right. comedy yeah. about teenagers. Yeah. And apparently, according to the writers, the original conception was that unlike a group of teenagers who just sort of destroy everything when they're left to sort of uh, amongst themselves or you know to run amok, they actually get their shit together. But like, she's the only right. one who gets her shit together, and it's not till like literally the last act of the movie where all the other teenagers are like, "Me too." <laughs> and you're kind of like how did that like her brother did, cuts his hair all and all the other teenagers the haircut. <laughs> out of no, like literally the scene before he was like fuck you i'll spend all the fucking money i want the dishes are done man and then the next scene he's like i cut my hair yeah like why would he cut his party. hair off he could just comb it nicely i don't know <laughs> right I am, a, I am a caterer now i really enjoy movies like this where there's so much like cognitive dissonance <laughs> going on like sometimes seemingly for like no reason where it's like why did they start acting why did the siblings start acting like they're married like they're <laughs> towards the end they're di like that fight they have in the kitchen i'm like this is a fight with a mom and a dad and it and it's like almost weird that they don't kiss at the end of the scene it's <laughs> It is the setup for a romantic comedy. Like the like that should be yeah. her love interest, but yet there's this other love interest in the movie that you could give a shit about because you care about the relationship between her and her brother. And I kind of it was good that they had different hair for most of the movie because I kept confusing them. Like they <laughs> once they had the same hair, I was like, wait, which one's the brother, which one's the boyfriend? <laughs> 
I mean, that is not an issue for me because, like, it's the fantastic Josh Charles as the love interest, like, from... Mr. Goodwife. Mr. Goodwife and from Sports Night and, you know, a million other, like, weird things. Like, it is... He is so young in this movie that his face is still, like, fat. Like, he literally still has baby fat in the movie. Well, he's he's fresh off of... um, Wait, I just... Dead Poet Society. Like he's just come off of Dead Poets Society, and the <laughs> casting, the casting director thought it was like a big, like a, a a big deal that she cast him because he was so known for drama at that point. <laughs> he had done one movie. <laughs> also, this movie is not a drama, so like, why, why is that good for right. the movie? Well, that's what she thought. She thought she was like flipping the script and casting oh against God. type, and it's like he doesn't have a type. He did one movie. <laughs> he and did also, one movie. <laughs> And also, I don't know if this movie is a comedy a lot of the time. Like, I know it's it's the tone of it is trying to be comedic. And there's all this, like, comedy music, like, bad comedy yes, music from yeah. the early 90s in it. But there mm. are no jokes. Like, every moment there should be a joke in the movie. I was kind of like, there's, wait, that's the line that you gave Christina Applegate? Like, when she's walking out of the fast food restaurant that she meets Josh Charles in. And she, like, turns to Josh. She, like, could have, like poured grease on the dirt on the stupid boss or like sprayed him with something or done done some kind of hijink or even had a good line when she walked out but when she walked out she goes huh i guess i will get my life together (laughs) okay go for it have a good like (laughs) that sounds great i mean one thing i wanted to say and like i don't know if i'm like saying this too early but like you're talking about how the movie's about teenagers when they're left alone they get they actually get their lives together and they do a good job it's interesting that that was the idea of the writers because they, I don't know if they met on this show, but their credit before this is they both were on Doogie Howser. Time for tangent. Sorry. Have you guys ever seen the pilot for Doogie Howser? No, I have never no. seen I mean, I have in my life maybe, but. So someone recently posted the opening scene, I believe from the pilot of Doogie Howser on Twitter recently. It is jaw dropping. It is a young Sarah Paulson uh, dragging Whoa. dragging Doogie Hauser into a private room in the hospital where she says it's his birthday and basically without using the words blowjob says she's going to give him a blowjob for his birthday. And Doogie, who is clearly 12 years old, <laughs> is like humana, 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 humana and is like freaking out. And then she drops, she pulls his pants down. Again, he is a solid 12 or 13. Like, that's it. And, and visually, he is that as well. She pulls his pants down, and then the lights turn on, and all the other adult staff members of the hospital applaud and make fun of Doogie and say, happy birthday. No. And that it's not like op- a dream sequence? No, it is the cold <laughs> open of the pilot of the show. It's a very so it's like- beloved TV show. <laughs> like... <laughs> So it's like that happens. Like it's the first time you're ever watching Doogie Howser. Pants are down. Lights are up. Adults are like, ha, 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 you fucking 12-year-old nerd. You're never going to get a blowjob from an adult woman. And then they all walk out and it's like, do, 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 do. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so weird. Completely insane. Um, Ricky, should we do some kind of intro? How would you want to do? Uh, yeah, let's do let's an, do an let's intro. Do, 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 do you want to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Um usually ricky does it um okay i'll do no it. i'll do it fuck you shut up um 
<laughs> Welcome to 30 Years Later. It's the podcast where we talk about movies that came out 30 years ago this week. Uh, this week, we're joined by Jamie Loftus, a writer and podcaster who's made two, I mean, and maybe more than two, but let's say two v- recent, um, very good podcasts. Uh, it's My Year in Mensa, which came out last year and currently running, or it's just finished up um, the, the Lolita podcast. Uh, so, Jamie, yeah. thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, and the movie we're talking about this week is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. This movie is so bizarre. <laughs> I just like, I still can't get over all of the narrative shifts in it throughout to the point where at the end I wasn't even sure if mom was going to ask if the babysitter <laughs> was dead or not. <laughs> I yes. was pleased that she did, but I was like, I'm going to lose my mind but don't if we not even someone get... doesn't bring up... The babysitter hasn't come up in over an hour at this point. <laughs> yes, right. But don't we not even get really like an explanation from the kids to mom as to what happened? Or do we? No. I vaguely, I thought no. it was like, I, like, isn't she like, what happened to the babysitter? And like, one of them is like, well, sit tight, mom. There's an explanation. And then cut to... The two guys from the mortuary are burying, like, you know, at the gravestone that says little old lady. And they're like, nobody, lo- no one's going to claim her. They love the so they didn't love her or whatever they say. Yeah. It's so sad. It's like she has no one. She has no one. She has no one. Because <laughs> there's a moment no in, the, one. in the beginning where she says, like, oh, my family's all gone. And I personally at the time thought that she meant they had moved away. <laughs> but then when she dies, the kids are like, oh, our family's dead. Nobody gives a shit about this dead old broad. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I will say we said this before. I said this before the introduction, but I'm hard pressed to find a good line in this movie. You have these two dumb mortuary guys who get an old lady and then they're just not given anything that funny to say. They're just kind of like, what do we do now? They're just kind of like acting dumb. Like the, it's like, there is a joke yeah. in there, but the joke is like, they've yes. taken the kid, the woman's money and in return they've buried her and now they love her, you know, but it doesn't really get it that does... across with any good dialogue. It seems like their final shooting movie script, needed... they were like, oh, we'll punch this up at some point. <laughs> yeah. But then and there then just no wasn't time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like if ever a movie needed a second pass by a comedian, it is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yet I was reading this BuzzFeed article about it and all the actors were saying that because it's achieved this cult status over the last 30 years, they are approached all the time with people saying lines to them from the movie. Dishes are done, man. I mean, dishes are done, man. No, that is not the line. (laughs) Dishes are done, man. That's not the line. What is is the line? People say the line that people say is, I'll be right on it, Rose. Oh yeah, people say or that or something that like big, that. What? For some yes, reason, exactly. that is what? Like... What? <laughs> so there's this yes. part where okay, like Christina Applegate has a job, and the boss says, if if somebody else is in the room, no matter what I say, you have to say, I'll get right on that, Rose. And for and she only says it once in the whole movie, but for some reason, yeah, I have personally had people say that to me. Like, I don't understand why that's funny or notable or worth repeating. Like. Yeah, again, just a movie that you're like, oh, could have used another pass. Like it's, <laughs> it's always so dissonant when when a when a line is said to you like it's a joke, and then it, you're like, but that, but it's not funny. But that's it's just not a even line like, in the movie. That's just a so thing strange. that you're supposed to do with your boss. I mean, I will yes. say, so right. neither one of you were into watching this movie. I guess we were talking about right. Like neither one of you. W- this was a cult movie for either one of you. No. 
No. No. No. <laughs> with, That's it. With, I didn't. I didn't with, hate with it. With disdain in my voice. With disdain in my voice, Chris. This, <laughs> yeah. No. Right. This is no. not a cult. Well, no. Movie. But this when I'm saying it, when I was in college, disdain. I used to watch this movie all the time. I, me, and my Whoa. girlfriend in college, and our like circle of friends, we would watch. Don't tell mom and babysitter's dead like constantly. <laughs> like you had a very boring circle of friends. <laughs> it's like it's frustrating we... though because it's like the setup. It has the setup of an interesting movie, yes. but then a movie I didn't sign up to watch happens instead. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, has... it was going to be like I thought the mom was going to come back way sooner. I thought that there was going to be all of this. I thought that maybe her parenting would be like called into question at some point like i thought all these these things were going to happen uh i thought there would be a larger consequence for one of the kids falling off the roof like but just (laughs) or at the very least like they could have they could have like the mom could have come back and they could have had to like weekend at bernie's to the babysitter or like you know had to like some sort of hijink where like they have to keep moving the dead body into a different room or the body starts to smell and they have to come up with excuses for its rotting corpse. Well, like one of my favorite movies when house. I was a teenager was uh, Shallow Grave, which is completely about like mm. somebody dying in the house and you have to figure out what to do with it. And it's like a really fucked up drama and like a suspenseful a, movie, you know? A movie that lives how... up to its title. Yes, I wonder how much of this, like how much of the disappointment I had with this movie was connected to the marketing and the title. Because if I knew it was like, oh, like the teen girl, it like has to go to work and support her family because this like wild thing happened. I, I could get into that movie, but but that's but I feel like and I watched the trailer for the movie, too. And they're they're not really telling you what the movie is really about at all at any point in uh in the marketing well the title was originally the real world um because the the children have to sort of become members of the real world when the babysitter dies but as the movie was uh getting edited mtv's the real world had just come out (laughs) and so they had to change the title and the title apparently went got focus grouped and this is what came out of the focus group and the original writers of the movie hated the title at first. And the story is, which I've read a couple places, that the writer hated it, but then he saw Johnny Carson like doing a riff on it and was like, Oh, it's a great title. Like everyone will remember it for the title and the movie will like live in infamy just simply because of the title, because it's provocative. And he's he's right. right. I think I think that's yeah, the think main right. reason why it does live in infamy. It just sucks that the movie, as you said, Jamie, does like does not live up to that cool title at all. Yeah, like it should be marketed like a non-magical big, which is basically what it is, <laughs> right? Ooh, yes. Yeah. It's like all the boring. Yeah. It's like all the boring stuff from Big, <laughs> put in a movie. Put in like in a, none of the f- big, but none of the fun stuff. <laughs> but it's just like I w- I was thinking of other movies that if you applied like the first major plot point and then just titled the entire movie after that, like that is such a strange precedent. <laughs> Like you, like if you just like called up, don't tell this Boy Scout that my wife passed away recently. (laughs) Like then, like it just sets you up for something that you're like, oh, I guess that the stakes are going to be really high with this sentence, and and it's about something totally different. Yeah, like Castaway is called like late for the flight. (laughs) You know, 
Um, so the movie came out in uh, 1991, June, the week of June 7th, 1991. The budget was $10 million. Again, just total insanity that this movie cost at $10 million. It was shot in one room. I don't like. <laughs> it was, um, it was, it, yeah, $10 million. And it made, I like, it was like in sixth place its first weekend at the box office. It only made like $4.2 million that weekend. And then oh, nice. afterwards, it only made like 25 total via the US and Canada. Uh, it was a pretty big disappointment. But like right away on VHS and through HBO, it became like a really big uh, success on video and on HBO. And it was in he- HBO was one of the production companies behind it. So it was in like heavy syndication on HBO for decades, yeah. which is kind of like mm. a number of the movies on like TNT and TBS that became like classic movies just simply because they were rerunning on TNT and TBS. <laughs> right. Like don't tell mom has kind of become that, that cult. Cause movie. like any Saturday yeah. afternoon you turn on the TV, it just happens to be on. So you're like, I guess this is a yes. movie people like, you know, right? Um, and it, it came out the same weekend. It came out with a uh, jungle fever and city slickers came out. Um, oh, wow. Jungle Fever, a very different movie. Very different. <laughs> Don't yeah, jump on the babysitter. I mean, maybe yeah. we should have done either uh, of those other two movies, Ricky. I apologize. I kind of was stumping for this movie. So, like, <laughs> no, I think I think this is a I think this is a better uh, a, a more a more fun one to go for. What? Like, City Slickers is probably yeah. still funny, but like, what can you say really about City Slickers? I don't really think there's much in terms of like a uh, like digging into it, it, it or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's coming out of like a. Um, what are those things called that you bury in the ground and then you dig up thirty years time later? Time capsule. Is that what you're? It doesn't really feel like a time capsule. In <laughs> the any most way. common sitcom <laughs> plot trope. You yeah. had no idea. What... And uh, and Jungle Fever. It's it's kind of like if you're gonna talk about Jungle oh Fever, God, like you know, you gotta have like a pretty real conversation about about Jungle Fever. Or like movies. Like this movie feels so of its time it's not yes. timeless yeah. in any yeah. way which no, is always no, no. fun i was so when this movie came out was christina applegate like a huge star at this point because of married with children yeah married yeah. with children was I, 87 and so she was becoming a star and apparently when it was written for winona Ryder, but she said no and then i think it was pitched to a couple other actresses maybe who said no and then ed o'neill al bundy is friends with the production, the producers of this movie, and he got the script to Christina Applegate, and that's how she got the movie. And there's some fact on IMDb that, like, because she was a couple years older than the 17 year old character, she, or the 18 year old character, or whatever, she lost, she gained 20 pounds to look more like the character. <laughs> and I was like, like literally, uh, she would have been 18, and the character is 17. So I don't know, I don't like, under, what? I don't under, I don't understand. I will I say, I understand where the 20 pounds comes in. Strategically, yeah. <laughs> but you know how when you're 17, I mean, maybe, you're 20 pounds heavier. Like you, everybody knows that, right? When you're 19, <laughs> yeah. Totally. I mean, it's it's ninth. I'm gonna make a pretty shitty guess here, but it's 1990, and like she's known on Married with Children for being, like you know the 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 audience hoots and hollers and whistles at her when she comes down the stairs. I imagine there's like a figure that she has to maintain for the character uh, uh, Unmarried with Children. And she was like, sure, yeah. I'll do this movie, but like, can I eat this summer? And they were like, yeah, yeah, God. yeah, it's fine. I was about to say, I like if, if this is her plus 20 pounds, that is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, she exactly. looks 
I cannot. I literally cannot imagine her being twenty pounds lighter than she looks in this movie. Like, right, right. She. Oh God. I mean, I guess any any body standard discussion of like the late eighties, early nineties is just going to be a fucking nightmare. But (laughs) like, I never would have guessed that she gained a single ounce for this part. Like, it. That's. Yeah. Ridiculous. Neither would I have. I just I just read that and I was kind of confused. I think she's great casting though for this part. I think she I mean, maybe it's just because like you're saying it's, you know, a movie I have seen a thousand times and it's been rerun a thousand times. So it's just so iconically her. But I think she's good in this part because it's kind of a weird, dumb movie. Like I think Winona Ryder would like she would be giving too much to this movie, you know? Like <laughs> I I like that she smokes. I like that too. She smokes a lot. Yes, like, <laughs> she, make- she smokes in front of her mom. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. She makes it look pretty cool, honestly. <laughs> like <laughs> this I mean, I wonder what the decision behind that was. Is that is she smoking because she's an adult already, or is she smoking because they're trying to sort of set up that she's, she's- not very adult and is kind of a bad kid and they're gonna flip the script by showing that she's actually like a really confident uh, you know, adult in some capacity. I think it's, I think it's a good choice because it does both. You know what I mean? Like it's both something a bad kid does. And in 1991, something every adult does. So it's like, you know, you Mm -hmm. go from being like behind the boys room to like in the boardroom, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I like that, that whole like opening scene where the, I'm just, I, I wish I knew what the, writers were thinking or like what they thought they were setting up with the mom in the first scene because she's like she's like I'm 37 I need to go away for two months and like she she's just like I'm stressed and all the kids are eating like a whole box of cereal and her teenager is smoking in front of her and she's like oh I'm gonna go to Australia and then she hires a random person that she hasn't met. She hasn't even met before. Yes. She has no idea who this is. And then she's just like, well, okay, I'm going off to Australia with my boyfriend. And I was like, I wonder, I was like, are the writers, do the writers think we're like, I love this woman? Or like, <laughs> do, are we supposed to not like her? Or what do they think? Like, I just was really unclear as an audience member what the writers in 1991 would have wanted me to think. Because it kind of she's tired. It kind of seems like you're supposed to like she seems like a cool normal mom, but also like objectively, yeah. her children are living in squalor. She has no control over what's happening in her house. Like there w- later on, when the teens are in charge and they fuck up the house, it only looks like marginally worse than it looked when she lived there. And then like she her leaves reaction to fuck when she someone. gets home is so. <laughs> bizarre too it's like and it's like oh great like great that she wants to have a boyfriend great that she like is like i'm taking time off but i just was like what was i supposed to have thought it was so i don't know i couldn't get in like 1991 brain in that scene because i just couldn't figure it out it is right she's not really like a hard-ass mom because at one point it's presented to her that like you know uh the brother is failing a bunch of classes or something or got a d right he got a d and christina apple say Applegate is like you didn't yell at him mom and she goes it's an improvement and so she's clearly not a strict disciplinarian of a mother so what are they rebelling against and why do they need a babysitter if she's already not 
babysitting them right. and taking care of if them. She is doing right. like zero parenting for her, their entire lives. Like, why is she worried about leaving them alone for a few weeks? Yeah, wh- why does she suddenly hire this elderly woman who, like, as soon as the mom leaves, turns into like major pain? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, I did like that though. <laughs> She's like, all right, line up. <laughs> like, what was that? Little girls should dress like little girls. And then she's apparently <laughs> bought a dress for this girl to wear. <laughs> like, that was my favorite scene in the whole movie when the when the babysitter was being real mean, and then looking at the posters uh, killed her or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, of course that was your favorite part of the movie, Jamie. Like you, that's where like the movie's living up to its title, right? Like, <laughs> that's what oh, I thought this horrible gonna babysitter's <laughs> going to get it. She's going to be dead soon. Yes. So Jamie, you brought yeah. this up, but like I, in the plot of the movie, are we supposed to think that seeing naked women on a poster literally killed this woman? Because that is the way it's presented. <laughs> I had to rewind it to be like, did I miss her like bonking her head, <laughs> clutching her chest? in a way that was dying adjacent. Like I, it, it, I feel like that's the only thing that ha- you see happen to her before she's just dead. Right. Is she like, yeah. sees a goth lady titty poster. And it she goes her. into, she goes into Kenny's room and sees like a iron maiden knockoff poster and like nearly dies. And there actually yeah. does die. You're right. She, she does, does die. die. She like, literally does die. The next dies. time we see her, she is sitting in a chair dead. <laughs> So like, <laughs> so like we're led to believe that she saw those like stumbled around the house and then landed in a chair and was like, <laughs> died. yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, very 1990, 1991, the like a poster could be so rebellious that it would kill someone, you know. Like... <laughs> it was and yeah, then- and then when they find that she's dead, that was another thing that I thought was like setting the tone for the movie of like. Oh, everyone's stressed out that she's dead, but no one is like traumatized or upset. They're just like, "Oh boy, we better get this out of here. We better get this <laughs> this corpse out." But the, I don't know. I, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of like a fun vibe of like this horrible thing happens, but it's just silly and light." And then, but then she's just gone, and then but and that's... then Christina Applegate needs to start a career. <laughs> But and that's where like the black comedy should have kind of come in. That's where you can get like a like the fact that they handle it so callously and immediately think about how it could hurt them and what they should do should could become like a a a source of comedy, really dark comedy in the movie. But you're right; they just completely neglect (laughs) the fact that the babysitter even exists. In any other movie, the entire movie would be about the fact that the this woman has died, and they've disposed of the body, and the police are investigating it, and they're just kids, and they're freaking out. You know, they might as well have just made a movie where the mom went on vacation and got stuck there for like an extended period of time and couldn't wire money for some reason. And the kids were left alone. Like there's no fucking reason for the babysitter to die and for them to do nothing about it. I mean, home alone, for example, you know, like that doesn't have a dead caregiver in it. Like it's just, it's like when it's like when their car gets stolen by drag Queens, why? 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 Their car gets that stolen by drag queens and then it's like so the drag queens never come back like, again? It never. There's so many things that you're just like, what are they trying to say here? But then it's just dropped. And then by the end, I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. And then it was just 
dropped. I don't. I thought you, at some point I was like, I thought that the the, the babysitters like someone knew the babysitter and they're looking for her. And right. then it becomes like a push and pull of like, oh no, someone recognized that this elderly woman <laughs> has been dumped somewhere. But but it never she truly had no one it's sad <laughs> she truly had and no I, one yes you're right it's- i really thought like because i remembered that there was the fashion element about the movie from when i had seen <laughs> it when was i was fun. younger and so when the drag queens stole the car because it's 1991 and you know i felt like a 1991 hollywood movie is not going to know what to do with drag queens other than like I make them criminals or make them like in the fashion world of some kind. I was like, Oh, they're going to come back and help her at the end with the fashion show. Maybe they're the models or something. And then it's like, no, no, just no. happened nope. to be that a group of drag queens stole the car. It just for some very reason. much feels like they're sitting around going like, and then their car gets stolen. Oh, but like who would be the craziest person to steal their car? And like, what about if it was a bunch of drag queens and then that's it. And then that's was the end of the thought process. Like a hundred percent, you know, it's it's so bizarre. I did like the fashion show. I like that whole like <laughs> climactic scene where I'm like, okay, if this is what the movie becomes, <laughs> I like that it escalates to like mom in like Australian clothes question mark uh, coming home like, and like humiliating. safari pants, yeah. Right, and just like embarrassing Christina Applegate in front of all of her new like business colleagues and her being like never mind <laughs> well this is interesting and then it all works out anyways like that was fun i love that the fashion show ends up at their house in just by like at one point <laughs> the the boss of this fashion company is like where are we gonna have the show we don't have any money and christina applegate who's stolen all the money just goes what about my house Cut to fashion show at their house. Like this does not have to She's run like, through any chain of command. No one has to second guess this. No, yeah. For some reason, this pretty standard house with a backyard becomes mm-hmm. and like if they didn't have money for a show at a space, they certainly like where did they get all the money for the fucking lights? Yeah, and, and the, the chairs stage, and the and stage, the chairs, yeah. everything. The like, PA system like, and the plates and the caterers yeah, and yeah, it's right. Still like, thousands upon thousands of dollars to put on that show even though it's in this weird backyard that everybody seems to have to drive out of uh, way out of their way to get to i mean i was just like yeah my house i was gonna say like it is ridiculous the idea that these people who are in the fashion industry and we can talk about it later but the company she works for is only barely in the fashion industry quote unquote which is actually kind of funny yeah but like she would be like and event spaces are so impersonal. Let's have it at my house, you know? And, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, great idea. But then that kind of is the thing that fashion shows do all the time. They're always having them in weird places, right? Like in a museum or like on a boat or, you know, like. So, at, and I kind of actually can see that happening. Like, let's have a fashion show at someone's in someone's weird backyard. Like, <laughs> I didn't, yeah, that didn't throw me too much but i guess things were so off the rails and there were so many like side plots like there are so many side plots that are it's like kind of it was hard to keep straight in my head most of them are related to christina applegate but it's like she has this relationship with her boss and also there's this pervert gus who won't stop hitting on her and like harassing her at work john gus and there's this Right, who is like, oh my god, he's he is appropriately just the fucking worst. Just very <laughs> difficult to look at and listen to. He keeps doing this, uh, and like he keeps doing that, like you know, cl- snapping his fingers and hitting his palm on the top of his clothes. And he's like, fist. hey, Every time he's like, <laughs> he's like uh, maybe you want to come out to 
dinner with me tonight. <laughs> He's really like, like, like he, with again, his doesn't mouth. get any good lines. It's, it's like, like, yeah. <laughs> but he is giving. He did his best. He's giving a lot. Like, oh, he's a hundred and ten percent committed to doing that. But like, the lines themselves are just like again, just not sleazy enough, just not funny enough in their sleazy. Like he's saying, like I want to make, I want to make beautiful music with you, you know. But like as a line, (laughs) like that's pretty much nothing, you know what I mean? But he makes it sound like a like a, 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 a like a felony the way that he says it. A uh, nasty, yeah. That was another side quest that I was just like, "Why is this here?" Like, there's just so like so many of the side plots. I'm like, "What? What? Why is this here?" The same thing with the um, the the secretary who like devotes her life to figuring out who Christina Applegate really is, and then it turns out that she's hot dog guy's like sister, right? Like, yeah, because if Christina Applegate got the promotion that she wanted to get, so she's out to destroy why are any her. Of these but, characters in the movie, where's the babysitter's but just like, family? <laughs> but, <Right>. ju- <laughs> but just like just like with Gus, though the the secretary wraps up in this way where it's like it seems like it's reaching a climactic moment and then it just ends with someone being like yeah this is happening and another person goes oh i don't care and that's it like with gus she's like gus is hitting on me all the time and she goes i don't like you gus bye and he's like ah shucks and that's the end of the whole (laughs) narrative thread of that character and then what was it all for exactly and then with the secretary she's like we looked her up and she's only 17 and like She's like, I don't care. Go away. And she's like, God damn it. It didn't work. And that's it. So what have I been watching this for? Like no one had to figure anything out to get around it. I mean, it's the stakes. Presented, you know, it's the stakes. Yeah. These are the stakes. Like, oh, what if something terrible happened? But then nothing no, happens. Then nothing there's, happens. There's, you know? Yeah, there's the no is, stakes. Like, if you've not presented a problem, people have to work their way around. They don't even get in trouble with their mom. That scene at the end where the mom... Like Christina Applegate was like, "Mom, go to bed," which was kind of funny. But then her mom, I couldn't. Again, I was like, I don't know what this character is supposed to be thinking. Where the mom walks through the house, it seems like I mean, there's an entertainment center that she didn't buy in there. She walks right past it, and then she just looks around and says, "Well, I'll be goddamned." And it's like, what is? To what? Like, to what is she saying that? Like, it is. She also doesn't. Do, does she react to her son having a full leg cast, or does that not? No, come that up? doesn't come up. She doesn't notice. She doesn't okay. notice that. No. Okay. This woman is thirty-seven years old, single. She has five children. They all live in squalor in a house that's falling down, and she leaves to go to Australia for two months to fuck someone. And like that that's is the thing is like it just kind of breezed. It could by. be interesting to like talk about like oh like single. I don't know. Like, there's not a ton of like single moms in movies, especially in like the early '90s. So it just feels like kind of fr- like weird that well, not weird, maybe intentional. I don't know that they like go out of their way to make this mom look like stunningly incompetent and like doesn't seem <laughs> to really like, care about her kids at like all. Her is, children like, are better is, parents than she is, right? Yeah. It like any time yeah, there was I mean, like a question about the, it, but I'm like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it just it seems like they're like single moms. They're the worst, aren't they? And it's like, I don't, I don't think so. I think they're actually yeah, like, like great. And there's a lot of them. And, you know, like, well, anytime they needed to like write 
they needed an excuse or a justification. They it seemed like the writers could would just say to themselves, "Well, she's a single mom." So, <laughs> so uh of course the house looks like shit. I mean, what? She's doing it all by herself? What? Come on. What? One woman. Of course the kids are <laughs> poorly behaved. Have you met a single mother? I mean, she's like, right, right. It's like, well, if there were a father hear, like, here, these kids would be getting good grades and they wouldn't be smoking, would they? Like, you can, yeah, you can yeah. hear Reagan America speaking through this movie. And she's only, yeah. she only makes a woman's salary. So, like, what do you want from her? <laughs> Does she even make a salary? I mean, how is she working? Like, she's got to like raise tips, these kids. Like, she knits things. <laughs> I don't know. What do women do? <laughs> Right, it's like and single moms, they cannot wait. They abandon their children at the the first opportunity that comes up, and they go as physically far away as they possibly can <laughs> when like, the chance she, comes up. You, like, you, what you have to understand is she's got a chance to get a man, okay? She will do anything for that. Which we are, I mean, we are to believe is her greatest and only goal in right. life. Right, I mean, what as else? A 37-year-old. <laughs> as a 37-year-old. As a dried-up 37-year-old person, like... <laughs> And there is, by the way, no mention of, is there, I, I think they literally mentioned the father one time, but it's like very, very in passing. Ooh. I didn't even think of that. I don't, does. But like, does why can he not what, come and take care of them? <laughs> you know, like. Is he dead? No, I don't think he's dead. I think they just split up or something. And he's just, that, that, I just sort of was assuming he was dead, which, but maybe <laughs> that would, that would have. If their dad was dead, then probably finding a dead person in their home would have elicited a, a, rea- a, a reaction other than "oops." Um, is it from the kids? Is it mentioned? Is it brought up? What happened to their dad? I think they say right know. at the beginning something like "since dad left" or something like that. You know, very quickly, and that's it. That's a hundred percent of the mentions of the dad. This fucking movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. It says when her divorced mother goes on a vacation to Australia with her boyfriend. Wow. Yeah. Dad doesn't even come up as a as an option. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just these negative oh, messages boy. Hollywood is sending out about fathers. Like, like we're responsible people, you know, like we can help. But like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there couldn't even there couldn't even have been a scene that would have been in some way a slight defense of the mother where if someone, one of the younger kids, or if Kenny said, if dad was here, and Christina Applegate could be like, dad left. Dad is, there's a reason dad's not here, and it's because he left us. It's up to us now. Right. Like, something like that. Instead, like, that would have put a little more, like, faith in the mother, or at least understanding of who she is. Or if, like, she, the mother yeah. had gotten off the phone and been like, she's like, what do you mean you can't come? And she's like, your father can't come and look after you. Now I got to figure something else out, you know? Right. It's like, that's why there's basically a stranger. That's something. (laughs) It's not great, but it's it's something. something. Like, how, like, again, how did these movies get get made like how like i mean i all three of us i'm sure in some capacity have tried to write scripts or written scripts before and there is a part of the process where you go well if this happens then this should happen and then we have to look back at this to make sure that it's appropriately set up this movie is just like and then this and then this and then this and then this oh yeah and then we had these other things and we'll just wrap that up Eh, you know whatever it's yeah no no big deal it's just like a fun movie for kids you know like, <laughs> like there was just no one who read the script and went how did they get divorced like no one what like happened? what happened Where'd what happened go? yeah which is like the first questions people ask when like, they read so the, the script cops... they get curious about the characters so, and they go 
who are they? What happened? Wait, Why? so this old woman dies and literally not a single person investigates it. The police don't get involved in any way. They just, these people successfully dispose of a dead body. That's like the plot of so many movies, but these <laughs> teens successfully dispose of a corpse with no trace linking back to them without they, even they, trying. They, they fold her fucking body into a small trunk. Like, I want to see that scene. Like, and, like the bones really, like, are cracking, and they're like, no push blood. down. I saw no... Yeah. Their fingerprints are all over this corpse. Like, the... And they leave a handwritten note, you know? And there's, like, stickers all over the... Like, all over the uh, trunk, and, like... It seems very needed, easily traceable back to them. They needed a mayor of Easttown in this movie to, to get justice for the old lady. Um, but no um, one cared. No one cared. That was a uh, that was LAPD commentary. They're, <laughs> they're in where? That's where? Oh, that's another question I had. Where are they? They're they're in LA ish. It seems like I, I'm pretty but sure then it's I LA. Was like, I had the okay. same question, and I don't know if they then ever. Where say, the fuck is that house? I think because then that mom must be fucking loaded. Well, yeah, because they have a huge house, house, and it's great. The yard, right? Yeah, but and that's true. The house doesn't the house doesn't look like it's in like the country outside of LA or something. The house kind of looks like Midwest, just in terms of how like yeah. Yeah. they seem open like they live is. in like the suburbs of Chicago until they're underneath a pier oh. that's obviously in LA. You know? So yes. like and, Yeah, and, and like, when they they're... get the, the car stolen, it looks like they're outside of a strip mall in a in, yeah. in LA. Yeah. Like yeah. a sushi yeah. restaurant or something. Which I was like, oh, I'm assuming they're just shooting it there for like budget reasons, but it was the movie seems like it was in three different <laughs> places. I don't know. You know, it's just like in America, you know, for teens, you know, like it's not that important. We're being hard on the movie. I'm like, I'm sure this was like a fun sleepover. Like if I watched this at a sleepover, I wouldn't think twice about it, ex- except I might still think about the babysitter. But it's just it's. Well, I wonder at what point they were like, this is actually a draw. Like, this is actually a a story about a teenager in a white collar workplace. Like, well, I guess from what you were saying, Ricky, like that was the whole original concept of the movie is like it's teens. That was was the original idea. Yeah, that was the original idea. And then they when they hired the director, Stephen Herrick, who had just come off of excellent Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The writers were like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, they're going to turn this into a big comedy of some kind. We want it to be a more grounded working girl thing with teenagers, which is just so stupid. <laughs> just making a big, dumb comedy. What's the We wanted to you? make working girl with teenagers. Okay, why did so, you want to do that? <laughs> why? So I think part of the problem with this movie is that there is this kind of weird tug of war between like what it seems like the premise is and what it could be versus what the writer's original intention with the movie was was supposed to be which was unfortunately like a dumb idea and they should have just gone with the like hey the fucking babysitter's dead party yeah we're having a big party i should have been like ski school yeah. right like yeah. oh no the cops are here and the babysitter's corpse is in the room oh, we gotta no. move it put a big hat on her and some sunglasses yeah. um Good i will say that like, corpse comedy i i will say you were saying that like i'm sure this is like we're being too hard on the movie and I'm sure it's like a fun sleepover movie. And I, I think if you're younger, if it is, but for some reason when I was watching the movie and I ended up, I was vindicated here. I kept, I kept watching the movie. And I kept thinking like, there are bad vibes with this movie. Something is like rotten in Denmark with the production of this movie. And I don't Ooh. know what it is. It's, it's like, there's something too flat and unfun about this movie. Like it's supposed to be a fun movie. 
but nobody feels like they're having a good time or sort of being let loose to to do anything that fun. They all kind of seem and, like they just want to do like one take and then do something else. Yeah. Like they can barely like, stand to be next to each other. Yeah, it feels like let's <laughs> right. get like a, a let's get this over kind of thing. And um, this may not have been the reason for it, but when I was looking through the trivia of it, apparently the young actor, Christopher Pettiet, who plays not the youngest son and not the oldest son, <laughs> but the middle son who's uh-huh. in the middle of relationship problems, yeah. was 13 and was already a spiraling drug addict. Oh, and they God. had to cut numerous scenes of his because... He was too fucked up to come to set and too fucked up to shoot. And then unfortunately he died like seven years later uh, of an, of an overdose. Yeah. He died in his early twenties, right? Yeah. I think he died like at 20, 20 or 21. Uh, Really sad. But there was that for some reason to me, I was like, okay, now we're talking. This is the movie that I'm Something sinister is happening on set all the time. No, like a bunch of fucked up, dirty adults, like lording over a quote unquote teen movie with no concept or interest in actual teenagers, just interested in exploiting the economy of teen movies. And like, of course, there'd be some kid walking around there too fucking high to show up for work because he's 13 and is a part of an adult industry. And they've cast and like this no one like, is stepping in to help him out. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was kind of like, for some reason, the vibe that I got while I was watching this movie. Like something about this movie feels like a cesspool. <laughs> I don't You're like it. like something really disgusting is happening the entire time. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's like even even going up. That's fucking terrible and <laughs> if like i mean i'm laughing uh, but jamie it, let me be clear that i do agree with you that a 13 year old drug addict is so, terrible it's so awful I, but it's like i going off of like the like teen movie with no interested in teenagers even with like the original concept that the writers wanted to do with like putting a teenager in the workplace i also didn't understand what they were trying to say about the workplace place or the teenagers in the workplace like other than like oh they're like it's like i i I don't know they're like oh well you're gonna get if you're young you're gonna get sexually harassed and if you're old you're gonna you're gonna cry a lot and if you're the third female character you're gonna hate the other two women like (laughs) i mean jamie have you ever worked in an office jamie i mean this is pretty accurate i think there are three types of women in this world Young, no, old, I mean, and mean. Right. If you're young, you're going to get sexually harassed. If you're a manager or someone who owns it, you're going to get a man who is going to like uh, use you and cheat on you and treat you like shit and like basically treat you like you're an idiot. And if you're and if you're trying to do better for your career, you're just willing to step over anybody yeah, you're in, in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. And I guess and and by old. By this movie's logic, old is 37. Yes, excuse me. Not my logic that that woman is old. But I mean, she is the oldest, with the exception of the mother, she is the oldest person in the movie, Joanna Cassidy. Yeah, who's great, by the way, on Star Trek Discovery, if I can just say. (laughs) Ooh. She has a very Christopher Pettiet was apparently also on Star Trek oh, as well. well just you know, know. This, is, this is the thing: is I I yeah. like Star Trek, but he doesn't know anything about Star Trek. Um. And and he and and Christopher Pettiet, who we mentioned before, was I don't think he was a member of 
the pussy posse, but he was an original hanger on of Toby and Leo as well. And there's many pictures of them wow. together. He's Love like the fifth beetle of the pussy posse. Is that like? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think the posse was just a few years later that 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 began. But when they hung around together, it was like. They were all like, you know, 12 or 13. Well, okay. So Jamie, can I just want to pick up on what you were saying about this movie's vision of, of the workplace? Because I would like to come in hot and like disagree and say that I think this is perhaps one of the most realistic depictions of working in a job I've ever seen on film. Because like, okay, number one, Whoa. number one, Christina Applegate Where is under the impression worked? that she is going to work in quote unquote in the fashion industry. But it turns out that her job mm-hmm. is at a company that makes uniforms and also they're going out of business. All anybody mm-hmm. ever talks about at work is whether or not they're going to have a job soon. Everybody is mad at everybody all the time. And secretly, nobody has any idea what they're doing. And they're all just kind of like asking each other to do things for them because they have no idea what's going on. And they're all being sexually harassed. And like, to me, I think this is a very honest version of, <laughs> of like what it is, especially at the time to, to work in an office. Like I, I loved, I especially loved the like kind of, the whole thing where it's like, oh, I'm working in fashion, but actually it's this absolutely awful company and nobody knows what they're doing. It's called like General Apparel West. Um, right. Which is like, you know, that turns out their business is they make uniforms. And I was like, that's happened to me multiple times where I think I'm going in f- to work somewhere or for an interview with like a company that like makes TV shows. And then it's like, oh, actually we do right. like, you know, like we make the commercials for gas station TV. And like we right. make expensive YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, or you yeah. get hired thinking that you're going to be like a creative director of some kind. And then you get in and it's like, oh, actually, no, you're just going to be, you know, overseeing the edits on these 25 second uh, cooking demos. Like I literally was in a I literally had a job interview this year where the person said to me, like, look, I know this is the title, but that's not what the job is. OK, so like, don't think that you, that's the paycheck mm-hmm. either. All right. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> do you not want me to work there? Why are we having this conversation? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm on board for like the, the failing upward stuff. And it's like, I, I, I guess it's like, well, I, yeah, I wasn't, uh, I was, I didn't exist in 1991. I can't, I can't really speak to it, but the. Is that true? I, Jamie, I guess did you not exist in 1991? I didn't. I bravely didn't exist. Tight. Uh, but but the i guess i guess more where i was getting at was like the where it like lands like the whole movie ends so abruptly where it was like all this (laughs) stuff was like built up but then you're like oh but it didn't matter that they felt this way it didn't matter that it felt this way actually the company is super in business and maybe you'll you'll come back and work for us one day bye (laughs) (laughs) like there, and she's yeah, like gets into a, she gets into a Mercedes and drives away, and you're just supposed to be like, oh, I guess they're all rich now, you know. <laughs> the writers, are, she's the like, writers I have are... seven meetings next week. I'm like, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? You have seven meetings in five days. I mean, that doesn't really sound like that many. I mean, I guess it is, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the writer's original inspiration was they said that they watched Risky Business and were like, wow, this is a yeah. great movie. What if it was a movie about teenagers? who were left alone and got their shit together rather than just fucked up. And I was like, but that is risky business. <laughs> like, yes, he literally. gets himself, he gets it together in like, you know, in, in a, in a sleazy black market way, you know, but he gets it together. That's what he does. He's running he makes a successful business, you know? Yeah. He, he, he gets one over on the pimp, Joe Pantaleono. Like he wins in the end. He get he gets it all to sh- straightened out. 
Whereas with this, it's the same thing, except the whole movie, you're watching them do extremely boring things to then Mm. apparently fail at the end. Like at the end, they don't get it all together. They kind of... She kind well, of this fails, is one except- of the things I think is because you brought up Jamie that it and the movie ends in this like climactic fashion show at, at their house, right? And the, the way <laughs> the and clima- it's, it's the <laughs> classic climactic fashion show, <laughs> like an episode of Gem. It ends with a climactic wedding. fashion show, you know. Like, what? So it's like, and this- it all comes down to this: a fashion show in the backyard. <laughs> will the apparel company be saved, or will Christina Applegate <laughs> fuck everything up? And $10 million. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. <laughs> but like, so the crazy thing is, so the setup, it's all going perfectly. And like the, perfectly. the, the Kenny right. is doing the catering the, all the clients are having a great time. Like you're saying that they, they find out Christine Applegate's boss finds out she's 17 and she goes, who cares? And like that whole plot is thwarted. Mm-hmm. But then the mom comes home and like yells at them. And then Christina Applegate makes this big confession. Okay. All right, so what we're supposed to believe in this movie is the mother comes home from two months in Australia to find a competently run corporate event taking place in her house, which has been substantially (laughs) cleaned up, at which her teenage daughter, who she previously thought was a fuck-up, is, like, giving this amazing presentation to a room full of people, and there's, like, photographers everywhere? I guess the newspaper is covering it? Like... Right, she comes home and acts like she's like walking into a party. Yeah, she goes like, like right, like young she, lady, you got some explaining to do. Right, like she walks, <laughs> she walks in and it's like it's like she's looking at a torn apart house with like people making out on the couch and like pizza on the record player yeah. or something, you know. And she's like, "I told you no parties," no. but yeah, you're right. She comes home and there's this like corporate, there's like a fifty thousand dollar <laughs> corporate event happening at her house, you know. <laughs> like, like she just immediately is like, "You're grounded," and, and then the, of, she doesn't even wait till it's over in the middle of her speech she's like you're grounded she would like, she would like walk around and be like hey i live here do you know any, you guys know what's going on like what's who's, what's happening who's here like she this, doesn't do you know? any like, investigating or like go up get to a free one of the drink, kids have who a isn't snack. actively giving a speech you know like there's a lot of other kids of, of hers <laughs> exactly. that are there that she could ask <laughs> yes <laughs> and yeah. and kenny cut his hair and he's catering and his, his bur- dirt burt uh burnout his, friends his are working burt, the yeah, lights right, yeah. <laughs> their <laughs> burnout friends are working the lights and the other kids are doing stuff and they're like yes it's an incredibly well organized event that's happening and she walks in and fucks it all up because <laughs> she wants to Single discipline them can't do anything right yeah, she sucks <laughs> she's a bad she's like a she's a bad mom through and through from beginning to Start end of to the movie finish. she's a bad mom she fucks it all up. i do like that christina applegate ends up being really good at the job like she genuinely ends up like excelling at it the movie at the end and maybe we've already talked about it to death but i think it's just fascinating that this movie does this that it it keeps setting up stakes and keeps setting up something and then as soon as you think that thing is gonna have some sort of weight on the story or stop everything in its tracks they just go around it a little bit and keep going right like like the, the the thing with her being 17 the mom showing up and ending the whole party and you're like oh okay she's fucked now i mean like, they go out the of their way blew this. to set up that her boyfriend is the brother of the woman at work who's trying to destroy her 
And then that doesn't factor into the movie at all, except that she doesn't want to tell and him he's like, where she he's works. He's driving around it. in his ice cream truck and like, you know, yelling on the on the intercom to her. And like, she's just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. That's our, our classic model of the ice cream man. And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> genius. <yes."> genius. And, <laughs> and then mom breaks up the party and you're like, wow, she is really fucked now. Like everybody... Like you know, the 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 dominoes are falling. Chickens are coming home to roost. What's gonna happen? And the woman's just like, "No, everything's great. Thanks so much. Bye." Like, what the fuck was this for? What is this movie for? I mean, Ricky, you just have to say it's a comedy in the Shakespearean sense. Like everything works out. You know, it's not funny. It's just that the things work out okay. That's all. The, sure, you know? but like, like things can work out, but you still have to find a way for them to work out. Nobody ever has to find a way to make yeah. anything work Ricky, out. They, in this they movie. find a great way to make it work out. One person says, "Like, well, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's solid conflict yeah. resolution. <laughs> I mean, really, it's the most effective conflict resolution. Right. The babysitter's <laughs> dead. What do we do? Put her in a box and take her to the mortuary and drive away. Great. Done. Problem Move solved. On. Done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And we, well, uh, one thing we haven't even talked about before we get to the end is like, I mean, do does anybody have anything to say about David Duchovny being in this movie? He's kind of just turning in a kind of like by the numbers, early 90s David Duchovny performance. Like, I think the most notable Second thing about movie. him is his gigantic blazers that he's wearing in this movie that are like, like a full like <laughs> three feet large. wider than his shoulders on both sides. So like, it's a real like chicken or the egg uh, question about David Duchovny in the movie because like he shows up and I'm immediately like, oh, that's a movie, that's a star, and he's and like he's going to be a huge star. But I don't know if I'm saying that because I he already became that and I'm seeing him in something beforehand, mm-hmm. but. There have, I mean, I just wonder if you would watch that in 1991 and be like, oh, that person has an extremely particular look. They're going to be a star of some kind, you know? I, but I don't know if that's already because he already was right. that. Yeah, what do you think, Jamie? Does David Duchovny right. have star quality in this movie? Does he? <laughs> um, Maybe not in this. I don't know. It's hard to like divorce my brain from what I know about David Duchovny. I feel like if I just watched this movie, I'd be like, oh, that... That guy was fine. I don't know. I don't think he was stealing scenes. He was fine. <laughs> That's true. But he's very good looking. I mean, he's okay. He very, I don't know. He does. I don't think he's particularly good looking in this movie. Yeah. <gasps> well, that, yeah, maybe not in this movie. See, it's like I can't. Handsome. I can't. Like he sticks out like a sort of. I know he's hot. But then if I watched this movie, I wouldn't be like, oh, and that guy who is really hot, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's weird though because he's cast in this like dumb shit role where he is the lackey of the angry secretary, right? So that role should go to like Adam Sandler or something before he became famous in 1991, right? It should go to like Chris Elliott like or Rob something. It Schneider shouldn't go to the somebody. Yeah, it shouldn't Chris go to this Elliott like super sense. hot yeah. guy who walks in and in, in blazers and is like, "Hey, what do you want to do here? Like, well, should we get her fired?" And you're like. <laughs> fuck is this guy doing he should be running the company <laughs> like, he looks like a ceo why because he's a it's man hard to Ricky. Know, like what his yes it's 1991 it's... <laughs> it's hard to know like what he's gonna get out of the scheme too i'm like why is he i guess that he's friends <laughs> with the with the secretary but i'm like what's in it for you david it just seems like you're just kind of also in she needs someone to she can't talk to herself i don't know <laughs> Right. I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, she can't talk to herself, so they put this guy there and never added 
like you said, any motive for him when all it had to be was him being kind of like hitting on her a little bit, you know, like with her to be like, Hey, you know, and if, and if, and if we get that done, maybe we can go back to my place afterwards. And she could be like, yeah, yeah, maybe get out of here. Great. Mm-hmm. Great dynamic. Like that's all that you need. But instead he's like, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Just totally flat. <laughs> do you want to do these questions, Ricky? Okay. So we have three questions, uh, Jamie. And um, the first question that we ask is a very simple one. It's just simply, what is your favorite part? My favorite part is when the babysitter gets real mean. I loved that. I thought that that was like the movie I was ready to watch was that I thought that the old lady was going to be in much more of the movie than she was. I liked the actor. I thought she was funny. I thought they were going to there was going to be a whole romp there. I just uh, yeah, the second the mom pulled out of the driveway and the uh, the the old lady turned into major pain. That was easily my favorite part of the whole movie. And what if what if the movie was something along the lines of like the babysitter turns out to be really mean, and then the kids start plotting a way to kill her, and she has to defend herself against the kids in some way like they she eventually recognizes that they're trying to kill her and she has to like she Mm. can't leave the job for some reason and can't go to the police for some reason because maybe she's on the lamb right she got the job but she's like actually on the lamb from something so she can't go to the police and so now the Uh kids are trying to kill her and she doesn't want to kill the kids but she's trying to stop them from killing her consistently so it's kind of like home alone in a way except she can't leave the house and isn't trying to maybe she is trying to rob them sure that does bring me to something that I, I didn't think to to say earlier, which is that I thought that she would have a less passive death. Like, I, I thought that you would see it happen, that it would be a bonk on the head, a trip down the stairs. Like, I thought that the kids would be more clearly implicated in the death because the way she died, it seems like wouldn't implicate them really at all. It seems like maybe she had a heart attack, which they couldn't have possibly induced short of being like criminal masterminds. So I thought it was like, she was going to, ha- she was going to be like bleeding. I guess that I don't wish that I kind of do though. I wish you saw her bleeding or like something that was like, Oh yeah. I understand <laughs> yeah, why these kids are afraid they're going to you- be framed for murder. Like, but, but she just dies in a chair. But they're not even scared that they're going to be framed for murder. They're scared of ruining their mother's trip. Which makes no sense. When they're hiding the body in the trunk or they're driving the body in the trunk, she's she's like, oh, do you want mom's trip to be ruined? We just have to drop her off and then we can get through the summer without mom. And it's like, what? <laughs> um, Chris, what was your favorite part of the movie? Um, well, this is kind of dumb. But this is something we have not talked about in the movie. Is So we keep talking about Kenny and how he cut his hair and all this stuff. But Kenny's arc is maybe like one of the most believable things in the movie because he's supposed to be like a teenage burnout that gets really interested in cooking and then like wants to go to culinary school. And as somebody who's watched like 10,000 seasons of Top Chef, this is every chef in the world. (laughs) Is there like some teenage fuck up who for some random reason got interested in cooking and then they devoted their entire life to it. Like Kenny would definitely have a James Beard award. He would have his own TV show. Mm -hmm. He would have a successful line of like, he would have like at least three successful restaurants. Like, (laughs) 
Maybe he would also be dead of an overdose, up. like, you know. But that's not even set up in the movie. All of a sudden, he's cooking. You could have had him early on in the movie into food. No, no, in no, some no, Ricky. I, I love you so much, but I have to disagree with you here. It is set up very patiently throughout the entire movie. You see him watching Julia Child, and then he's making yeah. uh, uh, waffles for people. And then he's the fight they had where they're like husband and wife, Jamie, like you mentioned, is he's saying, I made dinner for everyone and you weren't home. I made this casserole. Yes, that's later on when he suddenly has to become the the dad of the house. But he's or like, like, you know, the caretaker. Did, yeah. But early on when he's a stoner, there's there's not oh, there's first, like the waffles. Yeah, so yeah, right? No, and first he's like, watching Julia Child just as a stoner, like, isn't this crazy? And then he's like, Oh, maybe okay. I'll try to make some food, but as a stoner, and he does a really bad job. But then he's like progressively doing a better job. Yeah, I did think I mean, that, I that was say, like, like something been... that was like set up in the movie that did that didn't quite follow through where it's like the older sister becomes the breadwinner of the family and then he takes on the more like traditionally maternal role. But again, it's just kind of like, I mean, I, I guess that that is like kind of one of the more effective things. Like that does happen. To what end is unclear, but I guess that's everything in the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, the to problem is end, that, yeah. that that not to like not to like armchair screenwriter this this movie, but the problem is that like that doesn't happen until like the last the back half right. of the yeah, last yeah, act. Yeah, right. And it's like he should have gotten his shit together halfway through the second act and then the babysitter should have come back or the police should have come in something should have and they happened have to that work now, together you know yeah you know. now that they've gotten their shit together and have learned how to be adults in the real world that world is going to fall apart because of the thing that they did in the first act of the movie but instead it spends the entire time of the second act wasting his character and wait on these on these like one note scenes that happened already in the first five minutes of the movie mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's like hey i'm a chef and i cut my hair and i'm catering <laughs> right. your fucking stupid fashion event where it's like if it had happened early on in the movie, they could have done a lot more I mean, with the premise. He does have the most iconic line in the movie, which is the dishes are done, man. I mean, I mean, other than I'm right on top of that rose, like that is, you know. What's two such underwhelming iconic lines. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I agree with the exception of the dishes are done, man, because if you were nine, 10, and your mother was like, hey, could you do the dishes? Mm-hmm. immediately your brain went the dishes are done man <laughs> works amazingly works for a child mm-hmm. yeah exactly for an adult for an adult watching i was like this sounds fucking stupid <laughs> as an adult watching i was like he's shooting the plates and then there yeah, are like, pieces of plates you- on the on the lawn and he owns a gun <laughs> what? like what are you gonna eat off of <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, as an adult, I had a lot of problems with what was happening in that scene, definitely. Sure. Um, Ricky, what? Like, that, that could have happened. I'm so sorry, but that could have happened <laughs> right after the babysitter died, and then we could have had a quick scene of him looking for plates and then remembering that he shot the plates, and now he has to get his shit together because there's nothing to eat on. I mean, that's funny. Yes. He's like, that's a fucking movie. He opens the cabinet and there's no plates, and he's like, where yeah. are all the plates, man? Oh, my God. <laughs> consequences for the character's actions scenes that matter to the things that happened before it wouldn't happen (laughs) no don't be ridiculous uh ricky Um, what was your favorite part my favorite part of the movie is that christina applegate smokes that's it (laughs) that's all i got i just like a teenager who smokes in movies it's pretty cool it is pretty cool yeah and it's weird seeming in this movie in heathers it makes sense 
because Heather's is just like, a, isn't a, a, you know, an excessively dark teen comedy. So it makes sense that they would be smoking and the same thing with like pump up the volume. But in this, it like doesn't really make sense at all because it's not that dark of a movie. Well, but the thing I think you're missing, Ricky, is just like everyone smoked at this time. Like it wasn't, it's not like a style choice. It's just like every adult human smoked cigarettes, mm -hmm. you know? But she's not an adult. But she's, you know, is she becoming one? <laughs> Um, so our next question is, um, because this movie, this podcast is called 30 years later, every movie that we're talking about for the next nine years at this point will have been in the nineties. It sounds so, more and more like a prison sentence every time you say yeah, it. Yeah, really. It really, it really feels like one sometimes. Uh, what is the most nineties thing about this movie? Ooh, I feel, I feel like the, the single mother, uh, stuff is like distinctly coming off of the Reagan years for, for me of just, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll go with that. And then I guess this is still true, but just like a movie that seems like it was written in 45 minutes also feels very nineties to me. <laughs> <laughs> like the idea that if you're making a movie for teens, it doesn't have to make any sense or have a second draft. It's just like, oh, we'll put a cartoon as the credit sequence and the kids will guys, oh, I loved you know. that. I love the cartoon. Multiple drafts. Development for years. <laughs> for this movie, you mean? Yes. Upsetting. Multiple drafts. How? In development for years. Focus Can groups, I guess you were saying, right? Can you imagine the amount of leeway and freedom you had as a movie executive in 1990 where you were just like, that movie, please, like, <laughs> does not matter. And it's not like, I mean, the script is by these two kids that write for Do Doogie Howser, so it's not like they're stars or something and they get to make this great movie, no, you know, they that were, they're like, like, do their passion project or something. They were like in their or at least one of them was like in their 20s when this came out and like i was like good for them but also this movie makes no fucking sense no so it's like the most 90s thing about the movie is the fact that the movie exists <laughs> as, it, as it is <laughs> exists it doesn't make any fucking sense at all yeah i mean uh chris what about you what is the most 90s yeah, for thing me about this movie i mean if you're gonna talk about the most like flagrantly like trapper keeper 1990s thing about this movie i mean for me it's the fashion show like mm. we didn't really talk about it but the clothes that christina applegate has designed for this uh uniform company they're supposed to be these like fashion forward teen first uniforms for like a stewardess and uh I, like a nurse, I think, <laughs> but it's all like like pink fishnets and like super tight lycra and like neon green hats and like this absolutely crazy shit. Like to the point where I would, when you watch it today, you're like, wait, is she supposed to be failing? Is she doing a bad job? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh no, she's supposed to be doing a good job. <laughs> like these are supposed to be good outfits. <laughs> like, okay. I'm going to go with for the most 90s thing is at the end of the movie when Christina Applegate is totally found out that she's a child and she shouldn't be working. and But the fashion show happens to go really well. And her boss says, hey, you know what? This didn't work out, but you should just come work for me anyway. Mm -hmm. And Christina Applegate's character says, no, I'm going to go to college and learn about fashion at college yes instead yes. of learning about it in the real world at an actual job that will pay me what she's actually talking about doing is going to college and then saddling herself with a ton of debt 
and then working an unpaid internship for two years, putting herself into more debt till she gets a job at yeah. like for $28,000 a year <laughs> where she works with getting just meets so many more John Getz characters oh my God. that are just oh like sleazily hitting on her all the time. Women that are nasty to her, just a horrible, horrible life when she has in this moment, yeah. She's the keys. She's a star. To a yeah. fanta- to, yes, to a, fa- to a fantastic life. And a she, boss who likes her. She could, um, yes. Who's a woman? Could, yeah. You know. Uh, again, a more realistic ending of this movie, I think even for 1991, would be her saying yes, and then the credits roll over like Vanity Fair right. and, yeah, and, right. and, and, and Harper's Bazaar covers <laughs> that like of her and that are like, you know, teen fashion designer like running Ooh, the I runway you know, this this character and like that would be the real instead she's like nah i'm gonna go and like you know get fucked up for a couple years and like learn a little bit of stuff and then just like kick my ass out into the real world and get beat up by like this horrible industry and like you know she's in the copy room when she's like 24 and she's like oh you know like i actually had a fashion show once and they're like, "What? Yeah, and what? Sure. You did what? Like?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah." And you know who her boss is? You know who her boss is when she's in that copy room? It's that fucking secretary that was dating <laughs> David Duchovny. <laughs> um, okay, so the last question is: um, This movie came out thirty years ago. Um, obviously, there are things that we as a culture have grown out of in the last thirty years. So, uh, what do you think that since this movie has come out that we've grown out of? Oh, uh, I mean, there, there are some, I feel like, uh, very nineties, like the, the drag queen stealing the car felt very (laughs) half cooked and mean spirited in a way that was like, well, (laughs) what were you trying to say there? Uh, the, I think the college thing is also something that we we've grown out of and maybe is not something that would happen in in a movie now because everyone is so saddled with stu- student debt that they're like no go get in the fucking back seat of that lady's car like um you're like young people please save yourselves please don't go to college don't go to college idea, maybe this is too much of a tangent <laughs> Isn't it the idea that like the fashion industry is an industry, and if you have access to it already, you have access to a vocation, and you can yeah, learn. Yeah, she could have been like a If you want to go get, yeah, if you want to go read about, if you want to go get a degree in literature or liberal arts or something, you have the money for. It, by all means, go to college. You know, like study literature, study the arts. If you want to be a doctor, go be a doctor. But if you want to fucking make dresses. And you have an, and you can like get an internship or already have an executive job doing that. Go do it and learn on the fly. Learn while you're doing it. Can I just say I generally agree with the sentiment of what you just said, but the look of disgust on the when you on your face when you said "go make dresses" was like that's maybe the most hostile thing that's happened the entire show. (laughs) If you want to go make dresses, you know. (laughs) My bad. I'm sorry. Uh, I think the the other thing is like the like the. Goofy, uh, the goofy sexual harassment work guy, where it's like, well, it's gross, but ultimately, isn't it kind of funny? And it's like, nah, I don't, right. I don't think it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't think that, yeah, I don't know. They're, those characters, I feel like, don't really exist in a mainstream way anymore, and uh, and I get why. <laughs> I feel like though there was a like there was one bit of truth to his character outside of the fact that just like that 
existing in a in in the corporate workplace was that every time he hit on her he would go and if you're not interested i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> right this is a joke right. i'm this is a joke <laughs> and i distinctly remember like men that i worked with not to me but like watching men that i work with being like hey just kidding hey that disgusting thing that i said was just a joke mm-hmm. you know like that felt like it was yeah, written from personal yeah, experience yeah, definitely 100 percent right We've talked about so much of the stuff, um, and this is something we talked about a bunch, but I mean, I, I think just the fact that it just, the way that we're talking about that, it's just like one thing happens, another thing happens, another thing happens, and that's particularly the fact that the like the babysitter dies and there are no repercussions or consequences ever in the movie, and nobody even thinks about it again, like or is sad, or it has nothing to do with the plot for the entire rest of the movie. I think just, to, you could not make this movie today and have that happen. Like, it would have to be a bigger part of the movie. Like, 100%, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I'll just, I think that... Um... I don't I think we've sort of grown out of teenagers being shocking just because of their interests. You know, like going into a teenager's room and seeing metal posters and being yeah. shocked by it. I don't think that works for any age group a- 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 mm. any anymore. Like maybe you'd be shocked by like the slang of teenagers, but not necessarily shocked. You just sort of wouldn't understand it and you'd be like, what are you talking about? But I don't think, you know, a teenager having like a Billie Eilish poster or like a an odd future poster would like really shock anyone of any age. That period of transgression is, is, is kind of over. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Mayor of Easttown before. And one of my favorite things from that show is that one of, they made one of the teens into an anime teen and it's like not remarked on ever by anyone in the script, but it's just like the posters that she has and the t-shirts that she's wearing. She's like into anime, but right. There's not a, there's not a scene where Mayor goes like, whoa what's this <laughs> you know like, what is uh, this all about yeah where it's just like yeah that's that's just a teenager that exists right now <laughs> like yeah uh, and i feel like there's a there's a broader cultural understanding no matter what age group you're in that like teenagers are looking for tra- like means to shock in some way they're looking to test boundaries and so therefore like more parents are like kind of more and elderly people are probably more lenient about walking into a teenager's room, seeing some boobies and some metal stuff and being kind of like, yeah, he's a teenager. This is, you know, yeah, it's like what he's, he's looking into, to shock us. You know, it's fine. You know, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll grow out of it and become a famous chef. <laughs> exactly. Or he'll, he'll be become a Anthony famous Bourdain. goth titty loving chef, you know, and retain that spirit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'll become like a Chris Angel <laughs> chef. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Um, guys, I think uh, yeah. I think I think we just nailed. Don't thank tell you. mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah. Jamie, we got it. We got it. We did it. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, um, for thank you, Jamie. Me. So nice. Yeah, Jamie Loftus, the host of the Lolita podcast, which is uh, recently concluded. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Fantastic, and also my year in Mensa and many other things. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again, Jamie. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. <laughs>